Welcome to the Savage Fincast, episode 83, a return to our Fincast offshoot format called Finterviews. This is a periodic bonus podcast in addition to our monthly issue reviews. This format focuses on interviews with artists, writers, industry insiders, or just friends in general. What they all have in common is a love of Savage Dragon and the work of Eric Larson. So let's start off with some introductions. Our first uh, host is our FinCast founding father, who just happens to be celebrating his birthday the day of this recording. Happy birthday uh, to me. <laughs> How you doing, Jim Purcell? I'm doing pretty well. It's been an eventful day. Getting yeah. uh, getting at a big, big lobster dinner. Ooh, my mother really dang. splurged. Um, she bought me she bought me my ticket for uh, Terrificon in August. Big comic convention right in my backyard. I'm real excited. Which, ho- which hopefully we'll all be able to meet up together and and hang out. Yeah, become blood brothers at last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, our next host is not celebrating his birthday, but he's having a good time anyway. Welcome, Raven Perez. You What's thought up, you thought it was going to be Adam Pruitt, suckers. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> It's like alternate Earth. <laughs> Who is this guy? He couldn't anyway. make it. But I'm holding down the fort. I'm holding down the fort. It's been a great non-birthday. Thanks for asking. I did. <laughs> You're still having fun. I can tell. Not getting lobster. Voice. Yeah, I'm not getting lobster, but I'm getting pizza. So that is... Mm. Lobster pizza. <laughs> is that like taco pizza? No, it's Here, just regular pizza with, Here, with lobster. <laughs> Here in Pittsburgh? For, for rich people. I wouldn't doubt lobster pizza is a thing. <laughs> so uh, anyway, my name is Craig Olson, and I'm just along for this uh, wacky ride. Um, I'm really excited to introduce our Finterview guest, uh, making his second appearance on the show. It's uh, comics writer, editor, and publisher Gary Carlson. And Gary has worked on books for Image Comics, such as Vanguard, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Supreme, and titles for DC and Marvel such as Aquaman and Nova. So uh, happy to have him back. All right, Gary, thanks for uh, joining us. It's been about six years since we last spoke wow. on the Savage Fincast. Um, <laughs> but I know we really wanted to get you back on um, within this past year to get you talking about the new reprints of... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, series is now dubbed Urban Legends. It's the original Image series from, I think it was 96 to 99. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's now being published through IDW. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to see it out again, and it, it looks great in color, so... Well, that yeah, that's the one thing too. I mean, originally it was all black and white, and so yep. we're seeing it for the first time in color, and they uh, it, they've really done a great job. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, I think originally it was going to be in color, but the numbers just weren't there, so it went out uh, in black and white, and uh, that's how it stayed. You know, so I mean, the orders were never really outstanding on it so but what it's it's kind of crazy though you say they weren't outstanding when you compare it probably to today's <laughs> numbers for orders <laughs> they probably weren't too bad yeah do you know do you remember how many issues number one sold in 1996 no i have no clue to tell you the truth <laughs> 
bet you it was probably close to like a hundred thousand or something like that. No, I, it is. no, I don't. <laughs> so I, I think it was, and I really don't have a clue. I haven't looked at any of that stuff in years. I'm guessing it was closer to 12 or 15,000 maybe. Really? Even back in 96? Yeah, you know, I mean, whenever my Vanguard book came out, that was doing 100,000. Oh, that's what I'm confusing it with. I'm yeah, sorry. Vanguard yeah. was, uh, they canceled it when it got below 100,000. Oh, the irony. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, however, whatever, however much lo- longer later this was, you know, it just wasn't, uh, just wasn't uh, showing, going to show the profit. I mean, it was, yeah. I think that's why the Mirage stopped, you know? I mean, it was kind of a dead point. Yeah, I think the cartoon was over by that point, so a lot of, like, the Turtles fandom, it just well, wasn't there anymore. Well, and then what was there, they were looking for the cartoons, you know? Right, mm-hmm. and the comics was not that uh, at no. that point. Uh, I remember, you know, going into shops and doing signings and stuff, and people were showing up with their little kids, and I was like, eh, you might think twice before <laughs> showing up this, you know? Especially that first issue. <laughs> Getting blasted off and stuff, you know? So, <laughs> Which is great for, for the long time. I really enjoyed it at the time. I was, you know, a teenager, and it was like, this is the kind, you know, we had the cartoon and, and the kids stuff, but... The comic seemed like it was always the place for like the the violent kind of you know they're they're ninjas you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the point of it. I mean, was to go back to the feel of the early books, the the, the original black and white books, you know, and uh, well, that's what we were trying to do. It was we were trying not to do the cartoons or the movies or any of that kind of stuff to go back and. Um, you know that, that's what we were doing, and we, people will say, "Oh, they're doing a, an image book," and it's like we didn't really have anything to do with image so much, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's just how it went. I mean, the fact that it wasn't the cartoon; they were all going to have the the red masks on the covers, and Eric requested uh, something that would differentiate the turtles from each other, you know. Short of right, just right. their weapons, and that's <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. Where one of them kind of got blasted in the face, and one became a cyborg, and another one lost his hand. You know. <laughs> now, when we last spoke to you, I feel like we talked about um, there had been interest in reprinting your Ninja Turtles run, even all the way back then, but it had been uh, it had not materialized yet. No. Um, so what? What um like what was the catalyst to get this going? Uh, this to get the reprints going this time. Did well, they... I really I think it all comes down to uh, Kevin Eastman was pushing hard for it once. Once it was sold off, you know, right. and IDW started reprinting stuff and all doing... other turtles. Yeah, turtles. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I think he pushed hard for them to to uh get it reprinted and so i'm i i'm guessing we owe it to him you know for for sticking up for us and all i see that's was he a particular big fan of the series or do you know like what uh, the impetus was he said he enjoyed it you know i mean he yeah. wasn't really working on it i mean right 
the whole run we did back then, I, I worked with Peter Laird. Peter Laird was, um, I don't know, I ran everything past him, you know? Okay. He, he wasn't really the editor, but he kind of had a final say and said, how about this or how about that? And uh, the, the once or twice I, I met Eastman and Laird, they were both, you know, nice enough guys and stuff. But, yeah, later on, uh, I think Eastman took a look through the stuff and he enjoyed it, you know, so. Yeah, rightfully so. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, plus it was, you know, 23 issues that they could pretty much put out and that's what they're doing, you know. So we're going to be doing three new issues to tie it together at the end. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize it was three. I thought it was like one or two, but that's, yeah, that's really cool. I thought it'd be two because, you know, we did 23 issues and 25 is a nice round number, but yeah, yeah. somebody came up with three and that worked for me too. I was just reading through my uh, plot proposal that I wrote up. I mean, before they started reprinting it to tell them what I would do about to tie it up, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's, it, it, I'm looking forward to it. So are you, I, are you are the one who's going to be script writing and scripting it, or are you just like plotting it? Oh no, I'll be. You know, once we get the okay, Frank will start drawing it from the plot, and then I'll dialogue it. And... Ah, okay, cool. Great. So it'll be Great. the real deal. Yeah, excellent. I mean, the team, you know, I think Frank will probably be inking it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but cool. It's, it's, too, it's too bad they they couldn't release like black and white like variants of those last three issues for like right? the image the completionists who have the image issues. Oh, <laughs> you never know. That would be cool. It, so, it, I do find it amazing like how well I know like after the first issue, Frank kind of changed up his style to to make it look really good for black and white. Yes. But I'm really amazed at how well the color has worked. I was a little skeptical knowing that these things were drawn for black and white. Yeah. That I wasn't sure that the color they were going to be able to pull it off with the color and it's really it's really opened my eyes to a lot of little details I didn't notice before or just cool things that that you could only do with color. Um, yeah, it's been real interesting, and, it, and I think it's really worked out well. Uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the color. Yeah, I, I it, it, to me, I mean, it really sings in color, and uh, you know, they send us PDFs of of the colors and ask, you know, if we have any complaints or changes. And um, Frank's a lot more on top of it than I am. I'm generally like, oh, that's pretty good, or this is, you know, not very rarely do I even catch stuff you know and frank will yeah. tell that this back hand and the guy in the back is wrong and blah he's he's got a great eye for it so yeah i i love like you know when they do like the turtles and the astral plane or whatever they're in and they get yeah. that glowing blue look like that really sings uh the scarred up uh wrath face that, you know when you can see the reds <laughs> that really stands out like there's just things that Although the black and white has its charms, and I really enjoy the black and white because it gives you that ninja dark feel. There's a lot of nighttime in this comic, which is really cool for ninjas and stuff, and the contrast of shadows that work well in black and white. But but I, I was real surprised at how well the color did work, and, and I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, me too. I, I just, uh, I don't know. To me, like I said, color 
color makes such a difference and uh it helps here and other stuff when you see it it's like eh. i mean i you know i've done a lot of black and white stuff over the years and when i see them in color it's like well now it looks real you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um how much did Eric, how much was Eric involved in, in these issues? I know there's a lot like, you know, the second issue you have Mako and there's a lot of, you know, of course your co-creation with Eric Vanguard's in it and Hordus and, and at certain points in this series, it does feel like a, a major Savage Dragon tie-in, which is a lot of fun for Savage Dragon well, fans. Was, like you know, he, he was publishing it. I think right. what happened is after, I mean, he had the, the Turtles guest star and one of the initial issues, uh, I don't know whether it was two or whether it was of the... Uh, it was two of the ongoing and 22 yeah. of the ongoing were the, okay. were the issues. Okay, it might have been in the miniseries, but they liked what he did and asked him if he wanted to do it. And, you know, he was up to his ears and work and <laughs> suggested Frank and I, which I didn't really try to, you know, to do Eric. But, I mean, yeah, we had access you know to his characters and whatever and my characters so we worked them in but uh like i said we weren't necessarily trying to be an image book or, or part of the highbrow universe or anything but right. um it, it just kind of worked worked for me worked for us so yeah no it's fun and it, it and it was fun how it ties in you know the big bang universe and you know the dragon universe. Uh, it, it's always cool to see those guest stars like Night Watchmen and uh, you know the dragon guys. I, I yeah. want I want to say that Night Watchmen crossover stuff was on point per uh, great. The because I hadn't realized that the turtles had made guest appearances in Big Bang Comics itself. Yeah, just the one we we made an effort to to make it look like you know class. Well, that's what Big Bang was, was right you know uh homaging the original stuff so we we tried it yeah every time i come across <laughs> those particular pages i'm very proud i mean of the 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 zipatones and mm. yeah that that whole story was like a send-up of frank miller and then it just transitions to eastman and laird's turtles in the middle of the story and i thought that was brilliant thank you uh, yeah that was that was the point of it and uh yeah it was fun i mean i and that story is sort of in limbo they don't necessarily want me reprinting it but they didn't necessarily want to it's it's almost unfortunate they didn't reprint that as a backup in that issue yeah because uh, that would have made the most sense of where to put it and, and just for the listeners out there we're talking about big bang comics number 10 which is got kid galahad on the cover um that's what we're talking about this kind of mini crossover yeah he, yeah he fights the foot clan and meets the turtles as children they're not quite teenage yet and there's a character called Headhunter in there that kind of ties in at some point. So, hmm. yeah, uh, again, it was fun. It was fun to be able to do it. You know, I was just trying to pull some of the Big Bang readers there and some of the Turtle readers to Big Bang. And I don't know that it necessarily happened that way. I mean, but uh, that was, you know, what we tried to do, and, and it was just very fun to be able to do it. So yeah, we we were um, getting a kick out. So we've been reviewing each of the new Urban Legends issues on our FinCast podcast as they've been coming out, cool. and uh, 
we we got a big kick out of uh, issue nine of Urban Legends with the Night Watchman, um, just talking about how this really was the Ninja Turtles' first crossover with Batman before it really <laughs> happened. You know, <laughs> it was happening at the same time. You know, so, yeah, as the reprint. So it is pretty funny how uh, Night Watchman hates bats in this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a little tongue in cheek, you know. So. But it's been so I hadn't read the original series probably in over ten fifteen years, so th- it has been fun to get to to get to read these again. There's a lot I forgot, and like I said, the color it, it feels like a new comic, you know, after all these years. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I hadn't either, and I went back and reread through them, you know, to decide how I was going to finish them off, and I was like, I was very. <laughs> Very pleased with them, you know. It sounds stupid to say, but yeah, I was like, I'd read this book, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's me, you know. I, can I were, say? were you before you wrote this? Were you a fan of Ninja Turtles comics? Did you know much about Ninja Turtles comics? Did you have to read a lot before yeah, you started? I, I went out and I, I was not a big fan. I remember when the first issue came out, mm-hmm. and I, you know, saw it in the shops, and oh, you um, saw it. My partner in Big Bang, I mean, Chris Ecker was actually the manager of the shop at that point, and he pointed it out, and I think he had a pinup in one of the first couple issues of the Turtles. And But I remember seeing it on CNN or whatever they were talking about, this new independent comic book, <laughs> Ninja Turtles. I mean, and that's kind of, <laughs> you know, the, it helped set off the black and white boom and... um. And so, no, I, I really was not <laughs> any kind of a big-time fan. My son at the time was, I don't know how old he was, but, I mean, he was a fan of the cartoons, and mm-hmm. if the movies were out at that point, I mean, I had seen them with him, so that stuff I was familiar with. But, no, I I went out and bought all the issues that had come out of, of the regular book at that point, and after I tracked them all down about three days later, I got a package in the mail. <laughs> With them all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just sent it on to Frank. I don't know that they sent him one, so I just sent him those. And, uh, um, yeah, I read the ones, and I thought, okay, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the first issues, but, I mean, it was the, you know, City at War and, whatever, there was another multi-part story that basically I was like, well, this is what I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- which I think what uh, one of them was like 9, 10, and 11, or 10, 11, 12. And th- I think the next one was in the 20s. I'd, I'd have to look them up. Sorry, I'm yeah, a little oblivious these days. So, And you managed to bring in a lot of their old, you know, familiar cast too in it. And, well, and that's kind of to, a, yeah. We weren't uh, we weren't rebooting and you know recreating it at all. I figured they were there, so we used what we could and you know in the way we were doing it. And uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, you asked earlier, and I don't know that I ever answered it. I mean, yeah, I'd write a plot, I'd send it off to to Peter Laird at at Mirage Studios and get an okay there, and I'd run it past Eric, but. Uh, he just kind of, he was really like the publisher. I mean, it was at yeah. studios, so he had final say, but he was very hands off and, uh, you know, worked on the covers 
basically, you know, once we got past the first issue or two, I think. And mm-hmm. so, no, it, it was a pretty painless process, you know. Yeah, they let us do, you know, pretty much what we did. That's so. always that's always fun when you get a property that is not that no one cares about it, but they let you kind of do whatever you want with like oh, a yeah. rubber, rubber stamp, basically everything. And you can yep. go as wild as you want. That kind of happened recently on a series also at IDW called GoBots by Tom Scioli, where no one cares about GoBots, so we just did this crazy story with it. <laughs> it's always it just it, those those sorts of comics will endear like this, I would yeah. say, just because it was a, a point in time. Because now Ninja Turtles are so controlled; it's so oh, yeah? it's a brand. It is its value yeah. is such that. No, no one will have the freedom that you probably had ever again. No, I would <laughs> not imagine so. Well, even uh, the timing on issue 222 of Savage Dragon, uh, Eric had mentioned that he reached out to Nickelodeon. He was like, you know, I'd like to have the Turtles have a cameo. Yeah. And they didn't turn him down. They just didn't reply. <laughs> and so that's, it's just, you know. <laughs> that, that sounds like how it goes. Yeah, they've got other stuff and... You, you kind of wait your turn, and sometimes it just doesn't come. So, yeah. Were there any like major ideas or, or plot points that you can remember that, or things that were rejected that you wanted to try out? Nothing that comes to mind. I know early on, I know Peter Laird suggested we start off by by killing off um, Splinter. Wow. Well, <laughs> well like for- Funny story, he would, it, 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 you know, they would really have hated, uh, I mean, and, <laughs> you know, and there were so many people that hated it because it was so different from where the book had gone and in the Archie versions of the books and stuff. And I just, <laughs> starting off by, yeah, yes, it would make a statement. Yes, this is not the cartoon one, but I thought that might be going a little far. And, and he, like I said, even there, I mean, over the years, people have always complained about the violence and stuff and I, that that probably would have I find it interesting <laughs> that you said Laird said kill Splinter because uh, in like in like the year 2000 Laird started up the series again and one of the very first things he did was kill Splinter well there you go you know <laughs> still had that rule and that idea planted there um, I do remember you Gary I think the last time we talked to you you said one of the one of the kind of rules they had for you was no female turtles. That's true. And That's and true. which cracks me up is that scene when they're on Vanguard spaceship and you yeah. don't know it at the time and a female turtle pops up and it turns yeah. out to be Lurch. Was that kind of a little uh, just an inside joke kind of thing? It kind of freaked little, them out. Yeah, it was <laughs> like okay, it wasn't a real female turtle. <laughs> also, it, it helped set up Lurch because he had. He had uh, a, a part to play in, in the issues after that, and um, I'd have to look back and see how far on he goes. But um, yeah, it, it just made sense to have to show people who or what Lurch was, and that was one way of doing it. So, right, <laughs> and it was a fun way to do it, get around it a little bit, and not get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> It was a great sequence. Yeah, it really was. I've it been was... reading all this as a fresh reader. See, I never read any of this, so this is all 100% new for me. Same. Oh, 
And I just wanted to say, fantastic. Well, thank you. Because, uh, like, we started reading it, and it was really the guys, Craig and Jim, they had told me, they're like, oh, well, you know, if you're a Savage Dragon fan, like, you know, you're going to like it. Like, Mako's in there, and Vanguard, and, you know, Hortus, and so you'll like that. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm down for it. Plus, I like Turtles anyway. But just as it as it went on, like, I've just really been digging, like, you know, the Death Watch, like the Alien, and the Rayburn, the Serial Killer, and just all this stuff that you have done. And me and uh, Craig and Jim were talking about just how, like, the way that you guys changed the Turtles up so drastically, even though people hated it then, <laughs> it's kind of like that's what they do now with every reimagining of Turtles now. Like, so, uh, and see, and again, I'm still not a big fan and have not followed it in anything that's been done. I knew they brought it back and said, ah, this stuff didn't happen. This stuff isn't part of the canon. And yeah, that was one of the things. It's like, oh, well, that's, you know, and then I'd say, okay, there's, wasn't there a, a female turtle, Venus? Yep, in the TV mm-hmm. show that was during this, I was che- just checking on that. Apparently yeah. that show ran like 97 and you guys ran from like uh, 96 through 99. So yeah. that happened right in the middle of it. That's so hilarious. Maybe, maybe that's why they didn't want any other female turtles. That makes know. that may, that that could be the case. It could have yeah. been a thing where they want this for this. If don't do it in yours. <laughs> oh sure, I I get it. So it, it, like I said, it didn't bother me. Yet it didn't fit into the stuff we were doing. You know, so <laughs> female turtles. Oh, <laughs> uh. um, so. I think that's everything Turtles related. Um, I mean, there's probably a lot to talk about, but of course, uh, the series is up to issue 14 now. Unfortunately, I... hmm? Yeah, that's uh, like, there's what, nine issues that a lot of people haven't seen and still haven't got the go-ahead on the the three new ones, and I don't want (laughs) to let stuff slip or yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, we don't want to secrets or or have them come back and say no, that's not going to happen. And then, you know, so so as I mentioned, I was getting. I recently bought a large. I think the first twenty issues of Big Bang Comics. Okay. So, I, so I've been reading them on and off uh, for a couple of months now, and I thought maybe we could talk a little bit, a bit about Big Bang sure. and it, its history, and if what kind of like future plans you might have for it. Uh, future plans, I don't know. I it, There's a part of me that thinks <laughs> that retro comics are dead. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's been 20-odd years. Everybody's doing it now. Um, that's the crazy thing, is it almost feels like you were ahead of your time. Yeah. And now it's 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 almost old hat. It's, it's it weird. Is, it's all over the place, and especially with uh, the... Um, what do they call it? The, the characters, the copyright-free characters, public, oh, public domain, domain stuff, yeah. yeah. And everybody's right. doing that, and it's kind of like uh, what we were doing. You know, I mean, all, all, over the years, again, we, we've heard people saying, oh, you're, it's just Batman, you're ripping. And it's like, and really, the, the point of, of Big Bang was to tell a Batman kind of story, but not just rip Batman off. I mean, uh, all the characters we tried to make them their own character and um and yet still kind of fit into what they you know the the classic writers and artists had done you know we were kind of ghosting 
the creators as much as a character and have avatars that, that kind of fit, you know. Yeah, is it mm-hmm. like a celebration of, like, comic yes. history? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the character that appeared most probably was Night Watchman, and and even there, I mean, we kind of resisted the impulse to do an ongoing Night Watchman book because, I mean, the point of it was to do Batman stories, and uh, I don't know. I mean, at some point, we'll probably get back to doing uh, more Night Watchman stuff. I mean, it, it's kind of more wide open now, and I if I've heard it for so long. Oh, you're, you're copying this. I'm like, okay. And at this point, I, we might just have a little bit more fun with the stuff um, than I've been doing. I mean, the, the last couple of years, there's there's been three issues of Big Bang Universe uh, released through Americomics, mm-hmm. AC Comics. I actually got my hands on issue one of that. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was very cool. And, oh. uh, you know, I mean, they wanted 80-page books, so it's like... <laughs> Gotta fill it, yeah. Yeah, these days getting eighty pages to uh, of stuff it takes me a while. I'm part of the way through the latest issue, whether it's going to be AC Comics or or something else. I'd like to see it in color. I mean, it's a lot. Some of that stuff we actually printed up limited amounts of of the at least the uh, National Guardians ones in color mm. through uh, Kablam. But I, I never released them through there. But I mean, they exist in that form to where we could. And so I think that, I think this would surprise me the most when I bought these back issues. For some reason, I had got it in my head the entire series had been black and white, but it it was color originally. Yeah, the original uh, miniseries, the the what was it? Uh, four issues at well, four and a half, five issues at uh, uh, Caliber Press were color, and then we moved to Image and. The first six issues were color, mm. and then uh, at that point, Image told me that <laughs> yeah, how much I owed them because <clears throat> those were the good old days when books were selling a hundred thousand copies, and Big Bang moved over there and was definitely in the ten or twelve thousand range. And it's, uh, it's so weird that it couldn't <laughs> find an audience at that time. I mean, I, I guess I can understand because you were you were doing. Like silver bronze age stuff in an era of extreme. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it was weird, and, and none of us really had any names. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it was different. I mean, Alan, Alan Moore's, uh, um, what was it, nineteen forty sixty three? I think or... sixty three. Yeah, sixty three. I knew that. But <laughs> yeah, he basically did stuff like that with that 1963 series in Supreme, really. Yeah, so very Big Bang like. And well, Big Bang like, fought the guys right in issue 35 of Big yeah. Bang. Yeah, that was a Valent- Jim Valentino uh, did that all tied it all up, you know. So that issue's hard to fun. find, by the way. But uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't have any names on us, and not even a regular character from issue to issue as kind of a showcase thing where every yeah. issue was somebody different. I just, I was talking to somebody today and saying, that's just not <laughs> the An- way to sell a book. You Anthologies know? are hard sells, especially if you don't have a serial to tie it all together. Yeah. Something to draw you to buy the next issue. Yeah. I was saying today that if Chris had managed to do, you know, a night watchman story, in every issue, then people would have that to look forward to and could take a chance on the other stuff. But 
it just didn't work that way. Yeah. So, I tell you what, though, it really was a lot of fun. I mean, you read an issue of Big Bang. And it takes you a good chunk of time to get through it. I mean, we talked about this previously on the other episode that we had you on, but I really enjoyed not only just the 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 stories, you know, the comic stories, but the pages in between where <laughs> you know you, you had a lot of pros and discussions on things or fake ads or whatever it was. The ads weren't um, all fake. I mean, really and truly, the. No. Um, I, I don't, I'd have to look and see. I mean, there really was the night yeah, I mean, club and there really was, I, I was at a dollar store one time and they had plastic soldiers, a hundred of them for a buck. And I just, <laughs> I bought them out and brought them home and put the ad in there and people ordered them and I sent it out and you know, no they kidding. Were, <laughs> you know, I thought that was fake. They were probably an inch or into the quarter tall they were small but there was a hundred of them and they were a buck and and yeah uh, it, was, it was fun i there i'm sure there were some fake ads but uh most of it was was pretty real and i and remember um i remember the the article about the big bang uh movie yeah and that actually came out too right that's real yeah yeah if you go on to the the, the big bang Website. website there's a a, a a link to Dishira productions and you can buy it i think on dvd now cool you know you can go on facebook uh, or not facebook uh youtube and uh if you look for round i think it's the i don't know if it's big bang knights of justice somewhere in there and you can at least see part of it i mean it's it's fun. It's uh, a little bit like kind of like Saturday morning shows from the early seventies. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not, yeah. Not, it's kind of a little campy and. Yep, yep. Not perfect, but hey, it's just a lot of fun to see your characters on the screen. You know, yeah, so that's cool. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, something I saw recently. Um, an artist named Jonathan Denry posted some Mighty Man pictures, and it looked like he was picking up on some of the stuff that um, the late Bill Fugate kind of left off on. Yeah, well, when Bill when Bill died, we were um, nailing down a script for a, a Mighty Man story for one of Eric's. Uh, I think um, it was like issue two hundred or something. It like was two hundred or. Or, yeah, I'd have to, I don't even know when it was. But, yeah, but we had, I wrote the script and Bill rewrote it. And then I rewrote it again to where we were both happy with it. And then, uh, then I found out he had cancer and he was gone. Like, just like that, you know. So It's a shame. I, and I just thought, okay, we'll just let it rest. But, uh, yeah, um, John popped up and we were talking about it. And he did some sketches and was hoping to do a mighty man story i said well i've got one <laughs> and yeah. yeah and yeah it's uh pretty far along let's see what have i got here it's uh, uh 7 pages are inked out of the 9 you know i mean oh wow he's he, he's uh he lives over in england and got other stuff going on but um yeah, there's nine pages done, and, and he's done a nice job. It's very Bill Fugitish and and 
CC Beck, and uh, I think it works pretty nicely, you know. So trying Those... different stuff with other Big Bang characters, but yeah, that one's coming along and and is very classical Big Bang. So we'll see how that goes and how much Eric likes it and. I'm yep. sure he's going to love it. I mean, I know, remember, he, he reprinted all of Bill's and your story, Mighty Man stories in Savage Dragon, I think, yep. 25, right? Or 50, was it? Yep. It was either 25 or 50. But uh, yeah. those are my favorite stories in, in all of the Big Bang stuff, the stuff that you and Bill worked on together, because he just nailed C.C. Beck so well, and it felt like you were reading, like, uh, you know, a what? Captain Marvel story well and that was you know with big bang like i said we always tried to make it different i mean yeah so thunder girl that's mary marvel it's like no thunder girl was (laughs) a left-hand turn on captain marvel you know but (laughs) but eric said with the mighty man thing do a captain marvel a shazam story it's like okay so you know (laughs) I, i we just aimed for that and uh just had a lot of fun with it. He'd already been working with the the Horde character, and I was like, hey, this is cool. If <laughs> you go back to the first Leech, you know? Yeah. And that it was so good. And gets split and keeps... I just It just uh, was a lot of fun. Again, I mean, very hands-off by Eric. I mean, he's always been great to me. Um, even the, the three-issue crossover with, with Savage Dragon... Um, I, I let him know what we were doing, but he was totally hands off with it, you know. So, yeah. Well, I mean, what comes around goes around. I mean, he, he also in the '80s, you know, it's the Savage Dragons. Some of his first appearances were in your Megaton anthology. So, I oh, think yeah. that's pretty awesome that he kind of paid it forward to you, you know, yeah. down the line. He did. I mean, yeah, a lot of the stuff I've done is you know been thanks to him i mean part of it i I know he was a he's a fan of classic comics and he was a fan of the big bang stuff and you know gave us an extended life coming over you know to image and doing it there and using mighty man and and whoever and you know valentino was cool enough to to be in an issue and i mean at one point we were supposed to do a bunch you know have access to a lot of the the image universe but it just mm-hmm. did didn't happen quite that way so well post 96 into the late 90s things got a little weird with like yeah you know, where who who was owning uh where they were going with like their their properties like oh yeah totally so but i mean initially you know that's yeah. it, the direction that we were thinking and it just like okay we didn't do it and didn't really need to you know so yeah you got to play with uh, oh, having, a few. Having a spawn on the cover probably would have <laughs> some sales, you know. But uh, oh well. You had like a, a Shadowhawk through the ages, right? Wasn't that one of the big? Was that? Am I thinking that right, or was that in Shadowhawk where they had him like kind of through the ages? Well, not so much through the ages. There was just a Silver Age. Okay. And issue two. I mean, the second. The second uh, image issue. Well, it's oh, one that's of, right. Yes, one of the reasons the move to image worked. I that was already in the works before we left Caliber, and uh, that was in the works. And you know, Mighty Man was in the works. And Eric's like, "Well, you're doing using image characters. You might as well be at image." So 
we ran into problems at at, at uh, Caliber. They they liked what we were doing, but they wanted. They decided at that point they wanted to own uh, Big Bang. They wanted they wanted to own a third, and whoever their distributor or partner with that was getting stuff into Walmart wanted a third and we'd have a third and we just said now we're not gonna yeah not gonna give up our copyright so they said okay you're done <laughs> <laughs> and Eric said I oh, know you're not come on over here so uh, that's how that worked the um, in, in that issue too uh, the issue with Shadowhawk in it there's a story, and, and again, I think I hit on this last time we talked, but also another one of my favorite stories is the the badge, I think it's called. Yeah. Which is, uh, I don't know who the artist is on that. I don't know if you remember. But he does a killer, like, Kirby Simonson-type uh, riff, yeah, which he nails. Mark Lewis, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, yeah, he always pulled that off. That's who I was talking to today earlier and. uh yeah, his his Simon and Kirby stuff was always phenomenal. So many of the guys I worked with, I mean, nailed it, the ghosting. I mean, the, 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 anybody figures they can ghost, but then you get stuff in with a lot of swipes, and, and that I don't. Yeah. yeah I've never yeah. liked, um, and it, it, they can, when they can pull it off, and sure, sure they're using reference, but not the obvious stuff, you know, so. Yeah. No, I mean, so, yeah, and, and so you know, with anything, is some of it's hit and miss. But when it hits, it's like, wow, these are great. You know, it's like, yeah, it's cool to see a modern take on, or a modern story, not a modern story, but a new story that feels very old and and is could well, trick you. Yeah, we got grief. I think that second one was probably the that badge story. Was that the one where he was fighting the the Japanese? Um, Bad this is guy. The, the zombie crime boss, I think, is. The, oh, okay, it's not that one. There was another one where they were fighting, you know, and it was set in the forties, and we were talking Japs, and. Okay, you got a little bit of grief on yeah, that. Yeah, we got some grief on that, and backed off a little bit from trying to be quite so. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think Roy Thomas got in trouble doing that with like All Star Squadron, like early yeah. on, that he was he was doing stuff a little too real. Yeah, it, it bothered it bothered a lot of people. And I can see it. I mean. You know, short of saying, well, this is <laughs> what we're doing is, you know, recreations or, or homage to this particular stuff. But, yeah, I can see where uh, not the best way to go. So, yeah. so uh, is it any thought into getting a, a Big Bang collection? you think there's a market for that? I know you're saying it seems like there's a lot out well, kind of flooding the market. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've got a deal with Pulp 2.0. You can go on Amazon. I mean, there's they reprinted uh, Night Watchman Graveyard Shift as one trade paperback, which is the modern type of like the Frank Millerish type one. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And there was, I think, uh, Night Watchman the Golden Age. Um, there was a, a Thunder Girl. More of a digest-sized one, and it's you know a different Thunder Girl stories. They he didn't go with any of the Mighty Man ones. I thought that would have been a smart way to go, but 
but Mighty Man didn't find his way in that. Maybe, maybe it was to keep the thing down or yeah, whatever. And then there's another one. I think there's an Ultiman issue too. I mean, over the, I mean, yep, there's been a lull in it. I really don't think they're selling real great. Of course, we're not out pushing Push, hard. Right. right. But uh, the one thing I'd like to see, the, the history of Big Bang as uh, the two issues is one of my favorite uh, right, yep. things we ever did. And I'd like to see that as a trade paperback. And I'd especially like to see the uh, the three-part uh, Dragon crossover as a hundred-pager. You know, Eric was talking about doing that at one point, but he wanted to go in and... He wanted to redraw the dragon in his style on every page and just finally figured too much work, you know, so. Yeah. Well, that, that would be interesting to see, but, yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, tons of it for, you know. For, how for what? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I think he's just very protective of how his character looks. Like, he's he's funny like that. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think he wants, wanted to do it in a modern style, not so much redrawed, you know, in the the the, the, the retro styles, but have Drake yeah. not not changing. But yeah, that's way too much work, and he's reprinted a couple of those stories as yeah. backup. Yeah, Dragon. I was going to bring that up. The, the he's Dr. been having them reprinted and colored. I think Adam Pruitt's been coloring them. Yep, yep, that's true with the retro. Oh, the Dr. Mighty Man, the one that. That looks like the Bronze Age Mighty Man is pretty awesome. That was recolored. That one too. So it's been it's been fun. He's always Eric's always been a good friend. I mean, since way back and um, yeah, I, I'm not real close anymore. I mean, he got real busy over the years, and I just <laughs> you're uh, you're still in Chicago. What's that? Where, where are you? You're, you're still in Chicago, I'm right? In Wisconsin. I'm about thirty miles from Green Bay. Oh, okay. But yeah, for for all when I started off, I was in the Chicago suburbs, and uh, um, early on in the Megaton days, he came out for the Chicago Con, and he stayed with us uh, over the the weekend, and we went to the show, and he got stuck going to my girlfriend's family's house for. Uh, the 4th of July to watch some, you know, cheap fireworks and stuff. <laughs> but it was, it was nice, you know, I mean, over the years, I mean, especially, nah, Megaton, Big Bang, whatever. I mean, I always, so many of the guys, I considered them friends and still consider them friends. Some of them are surprised. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not friends, we're working together. But I mean, so many of them were. I mean, a lot of them, I, we spent a lot of time talking on the phone about, you know, what we could do or should do or like to do, you know, so. And a lot of those guys, I mean, guys like Liefeld, he was pretty young when, when you guys first met. He was like 15 or something, right? Something like that. He was still in high school, I believe. <laughs> Which is wild. Yeah, and he's one guy that, again, I talked to him once or twice a week. He'd call me or vice versa, and we'd just talk for hours about comics, you know. That's so cool. It was fun. I mean, he's the most enthusiastic guy I've ever met i think so yeah still to this day he seems that he's when you very enthusiastic yes yes <laughs> that's it he's, he's a lot of fun i mean you see him at shows and he's 
you know, very, you know, entertaining and um, all-encompassing, you know, talking to people and whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's or yeah, I mean, for a while, I mean, we were pretty tight. And, you know, after, it, it's one thing when you're working together and when you're not, then I, I just figure out, I, I didn't want to keep bothering these guys, you know, especially as busy as they got, you know. So then it looks sure. like you're trying to, <laughs> hey, can you find something for me, you know? And Yeah. <laughs> So but I'm you, sure if he bumped into you at a con or something, he would love to see you, and he would be pretty enthusiastic about that. Rob, no, uh, we were a couple years ago. We were at uh, Wizard World Madison, and he was around the corner from me. And he was a little, I somewhere along the line, I must have rubbed him the wrong way. I'm not. Oh sure. no. <laughs> That's how it goes. I mean, I, he's still one of my favorite guys, and yeah, and, and has been all along. So. Internet's funny like that. I I uh, was making a joke just the other day with Facebook, uh, how you can sometimes it'll recommend friends, and you'll yeah. see a recommendation of somebody that you thought you were already friends with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he unfriended me. Okay, cool. I guess I made him <laughs> mad. I don't know what I said, but sorry, dude. <laughs> and I don't even pay that close of attention. A lot of times I'll get, you know... A friend request from somebody, I'm like, I'm already friends with them, you know, and <laughs> somebody faking it, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows. So on the one of the things I really like to read uh, when whenever there's a new story post is on the Big Bang's comic, the Big Bang Comics website. You okay. guys, you, uh, is that you that's posting the? That's me. That's my Bang blog. It really all it is. It's just uh, I'm going through issue by issue and. Oh, this is what was going on, and for the most part, it's kind of recapping what the stories were. But I try to work. I try to drop in uh, some art that it, you know wasn't yeah, seen yeah, anywhere yeah. else, or once in a while a story or two. But some, you know, I mean, I worked with a lot of the same guys. I mean, I'm up to issue 23 now, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you can only tell you know how you met someone like Jeff Weigel. That's you know he's doing the the Phantom comic strip now, or, or Eric, or Rob, or, or whoever, you know, so I, I've gotten where I'm just like, oh, this happens, this happens, this happens, and this was going on. And no, it's a lot of fun, like, for listeners out there, it's it's BigBangComics.com, and if you haven't read Big Bang Comics, you really need to check out this website, I, you know, I wouldn't lie to you, this stuff's awesome, and you, sell, you still... <laughs> you you still have issues in your store so you could still buy these back oh, yeah. issues there's, um, there's some of them i don't know there's probably at least a handful that are um out of print i mean some of them have been gone forever you know yeah but, yeah most of them i've got them and they're only three bucks you know yeah <laughs> but yeah it's like every two three weeks someone will order one or two books and which are my? I got to go back and buy. So I have, I think, all but four or five of the image ones. I got to go back and buy some of those Big Bang presents and stuff like that. I got to, I got to fill, fill in some gaps there. But uh, I, I do really enjoy reading your blog posts and getting a little bit of the background on there. It's just a lot of fun. You, you've built up quite a universe with these characters. Yeah, you know, I mean, and. and we ended up, you know, doing the, you know, it, it very much based on the DC universe. So the forties and fifties took place, you know, in a different dimension pretty much. And, 
the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and, you know, was more or less current back when we started in the, in the 90s. So now I'm kind of like, God, if we do any more, it almost ought to be a, a third. Third Earth? We were going with <laughs> a, B and, a and B, you know, as opposed to one and two. But, yeah, I almost need a, a third one now, so. Yeah. Uh, some of these covers, though, are just great. Like, Agents of Badge is like, you know, Riff on Shields, amazing. Uh, yeah, te- Mark Lewis again there, I think, so. Teen Rex looks almost like a devil dinosaur type thing. Totally. <laughs> it's so cool. That like, was the point. I mean, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't just devil dinosaur, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely. Yeah. I think some people can't tell, like. It isn't a ripoff. It's 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 a representation of a genre of a yeah. of an idea. It's not it's not like you're trying to like. I'm writing a devil dinosaur. This is the nope. devil dinosaur I want to tell. It's I, I I want to write a story about this kind of character. Yeah, uh, and it's trying to tell a Jack Kirby story, a seventies mm. <laughs> DC. Yeah. Kirby story. Anything you know? goes. <laughs> yeah, and that that was one way of doing it. And uh yeah, I mean that again, that was was fun. I mean of course you could pretty much name most of the stuff, and if it was ones, you know, that I worked on, I'd tell you it was at least fun for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, there were some outside characters that, that weren't mine and weren't ours, but uh even those, I I wouldn't have gone with them if I didn't enjoy what what the creators were doing, you know. Right, right. Now I know also when we talked a while ago, there was maybe some kind of movement on a megaton collection at some point. There was thoughts on that. Is there anything? I put together two or three versions. Um, <laughs> initially, I started one. I think had the issues and one of them had the unreleased you know stuff that didn't make it out and there was a other ones were character related but it's i i mentioned it to eric and he volunteered to publish it through image Mm -hmm. said he'd like to do it as one kind of archive thing so i re went back through it and repurposed it all i i forget if it's 250 or 350 pages but wow I would love a Big Bang archive. Yeah. Well, and this is Megaton. I mean, did, oh, Megaton. I'm sorry. Megaton, that too. Yeah, yeah, that too. Megaton. <laughs> yeah, big, I'm sorry. Very sorry. But uh, that's the Megaton one. That. Yeah, know, that's what I was talking about. Megaton. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, a Big Bang one could happen. I just. You know, I've been doing this stuff since 1981, and never really <laughs> the lightning never hit you know so wait so you and, said you put it together for megaton so where does it stand is eric is the I'm offer still eric, stand for uh, eric is he he offered to publish it so i'm uh you know when he's ready i'm pretty much ready there'll be uh like I, i've said you know it's roughly 300 pages give or take and it's gonna be black and white and wow. i'd like to That's see cool. a new cover on it and you know by It'd be nice if it was him, but I could check with any of the guys that. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really cool. I've never read any of that stuff. 
Except for what's been reprinted, Bob, of course. Angel Medina. And, and so and many of those guys went on to big things. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it's Angel Medina. He, I mean, he did Spawn for a while, too, but also has got yep. a, a, lo- a large Marvel a background. Uh, who, uh, who did the, fir- the first issue uh, of, the, uh, of Megaton? Um, oh, Augustovich? Yeah, yeah. Augustovich, that was well, and uh, uh, Butch Geis, Jackson. Butch Geis is who I'm thinking. I guess he did the cover, right? Well, he did the first story. He did the ultimate okay. story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Larson. Yeah. I mean, Lightfield, he didn't really do a story in Megaton, but he did in the, the Megaton explosion kind of had, like, like he was getting ready to do some Youngblood type book, well, right? He was right. It was Youngblood. It wasn't Youngblood type. I mean, okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, he did Rob's first, I think his first printed work was the inside front cover to Megaton 5, maybe. Okay. And he did a backup story in Megaton 8. And yeah, we were working on on a young blood book in fact it was solicited in uh september or so of 1987 i mean right about the time everything was uh, the black and white explosion was <laughs> everything was piling up and, and orders were going down and i thought well there's here's a guy this you know i mean the new teen titans was selling and that was kind of it, rob's inspiration back then i thought this one's bound to sell you know and no we had orders for like 800 copies of it or something and you know five years later they sold a million of them yeah <laughs> you know, of course he had gone and become a big star but i mean even so um, so yeah i mean there's and that'll be you know when the megaton book comes out i mean the first eight or nine pages of that story were drawn and i've got a number of pages of his uh uh, character designs and stuff you know it's it, it's just kind of fun fun stuff and later on there tends to be you know a couple of pages on each of the artists and some of the samples i had seen of them you know where i tracked them down or that they first sent in trying wow. to work you know so so it's going to be more than just reprints of megaton there's going to be a lot of background type stuff it sounds uh, like at least some of it yeah yeah like, all eight issues of Megaton are in there. Um, the Megaton explosion is in there. Um, well, it, it it is amazing because, and we talked about this last episode, but you know, at one point, Rob Layfield kind of considered you, called you the grandfather of Image Comics. So it really ties in well to have this come out through Image because, thought, yeah. You're seeing kind of the first incarnation of Youngblood and Savage yeah. Dragon and Vanguard. I mean, yep. Angel Medina, who had a long run on Spawn, and you know, it, it so much of it is is related. And it, I, I can't. I, I really hope it comes to fruition because I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, oh yeah, so many good artists were involved. Like I, I'm, I look at these issues and I'm amazed at how you found you know all these great artists i mean usually when something's like a self-published startup you might find one or two you know good artists and some of the guys are just eh, you know they never quite make it but it seems like most of these stories had just had amazing talent that went on to to great things well that's you know i mean at the time uh fanzines were just i don't know they were still there they were sort of dying out and some of the other books were transitioning, you know, into 
to newsprint and showing up in the comic shops. And that's what I set out to do was not so much a book, but a, a line with pretty much professional talent guys that were ready to go. I mean, really the, the first guy that I approached was Mike Gustavich who mm-hmm. cobalt blue. And he, soon after that, he did the, the justice machine and some other stuff. And, and all of these guys were like, eh, Marvel and DC just weren't hiring right then. And that was my thinking. Well, if they won't hire him, somebody should, you know. And a lot of them, you know, they took a chance on me, you know. Bill Reinhold was supposed to follow Mike Gustavich, but but then, you know, I mean, my, it, all these guys did a couple of stories or a story and were gone. And then he got to where guys were gone before they even did a story for me, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Butch Geis, I saw an ad in. Uh, CBG, I think it was for the uh, comic show out his way. I, I can't remember which one it was without looking. Sorry, I'm <laughs> 62. Mm. I'm <laughs> just Heroes World or, or, or something. You know, I saw it and I wrote and said, hey, can you put me in touch with this artist? And he was already at that point working on uh, Crusaders, which became Southern Knights. Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he popped in and, you know, did the one story and it just got to a point after two or three issues where, <laughs> like I said, I mean, the, the guys were doing it. They had samples and it was like, oh, off to Marvel, you know, right. You know, Clark Howbaker did an issue and it was off to Marvel and, uh, yeah, it, it got tough to, to hang on to guys. I was happy to find Angel cause he was around for three issues on Megaton and, and well, you were twenty something, right, when you were publishing Megaton? Yeah, nineteen eighty one. I would. I mean, twenty four. There's no email or internet. It just seems like it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> to, to like, yeah, a lot of faxing. You know, I was <laughs> telling Mark Lewis today. I going through the files, and a lot of those faxes are gray and and fading. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like. Hope I got better copies of some of that stuff somewhere. But yeah, you got to scan all that stuff in so it it survives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah twenty four and just out of college. And, wow. Uh, I well, I had been working nearly full time going to college and then got out, and the I I was a couple of weeks away from graduating with my bachelor's degree, and then I won a scholarship. They wanted it to go to a political cartoonist that was John Fischetti Memorial Scholarship, who was a big political cartoonist in mm. Chicago. And there was nobody at the school that was any closer to a political cartoonist than me. So they created <laughs> a two-year master's program for me. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was, you know, four weeks away from getting out. And I was like, okay, now I'm in for another two years. and. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the scary thing was, so much of it wasn't involved with drawing. It was okay. In order to make this a master's program, you're gonna have to take writing classes. Or... These classes, yeah, you have to be on the paper, not the artist, but you've got to to write for the paper. You've got to take this journal. You got to take this advertising and blah blah oh, blah. Lord, <laughs> yeah, some of the work, you know master's programs classes, so you had to do extra stuff to boost them and. Yeah, I was just kind of crawling toward the end. And at the end, my buddy Chris Eckner and I we were working on strips. I was writing them, he was drawing, and he was probably doing a lot of writing too. 
and we had one held by the L.A. Times Syndicate. Wow. And they wanted more, and, and it was down to, like, three strips, ours and and uh, two other ones. I, I can't remember. One of them's still syndicated elsewhere right now, and they ended up going, I think, with a Lone Ranger or something, but I dropped out, out you know, with... Uh, the last semester before my, my master's degree, I just said, well, if, if they pick up this comic strip, that's what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, so I was like, oh, that was a bummer. That's what I like. <laughs> I figured out, I'm, I just turned right around and started with Megaton. And uh, rather than drawing, I just said, there's a lot of guys that are better artists than me, and they're all trying to find work, and I'm, I'm going to be the guy that hires them. And that's that's how I got started. So it's wild. Yeah, I paid them slave wages, but... They weren't getting paid anywhere else, you know. So <laughs> it worked. I think it all worked out for most of them. Yeah, twenty or twenty-five bucks <laughs> a page. I, you know, like I said, I mean, through college and then all the megaton years, I was working full time. You know, uh, yeah, eight-hour, ten-hour days, and coming home and doing that stuff. Well, um, when you when you love something like that, it seems yeah. like that's not an issue. I did, and it, it was fun. It didn't quite pan out the way I had hoped, but. Uh, but it was great, and like I said, I made a lot of friends, and uh, still real good friends with, with with a bunch of them. So, and thirty something years later, you've got fans still talking about it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, some. I mean, mostly, you know, Big Bang or Mike Tons mostly remembered for yes. I mean, Eric Larson and Rob Liefeld, and uh, you know, and and some of the other guys and that, but. Uh, but that's okay. That's better than not being remembered at all, you know? So Absolutely. No Absolutely. complaints here. I had a chance and didn't pan out and had another chance with, with uh, Big Bang when Eric brought us over to, to Image, you know? I mean, I, I took five years off in between, and it was like, oh, man, I just, the breaks weren't there. And it had the breaks with, with Big Bang, I mean, color at first and whatever, and it just didn't, didn't catch. And it was like, oh, well, we... We had every opportunity here and weren't able to make it work, you know, so. Yeah, but Big Bang for Image, how many issues did it last? Like 35, 30? I think it was 35. And then that's, the a, that's a respectable run. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's an amazing run in comics, yeah, I, I, I feel like. You know, there was like another 10 specials, you know. Right, right, yeah. And they would come out, yeah, I remember. like. And some of those were back in color, so it was... You know, it was fun to get back in color, and it was just hit and miss. I mean, one of them would sell, and then the next one wouldn't, and uh, eh, that's, you know, how it went, so. Yeah. Let's say that's absolutely, though, an astonishing career anyway, to play Kingmaker for so many big names, to, like, dabble with IPs like Ninja Turtles, to be able to publish, to be able to even, like, you know, just like they have like a DVD of a TV pilot. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. It, it's still incredible to me. <laughs> I, I think because I know so many, like I fill my life with comic artists and comic creators. And I can tell you, Gary, there's, there's people that couldn't draw flies if they were dead. And so I'm just saying like to have done so much, you should still be super proud because Holy Toledo. Oh, like, I am. I've got no real complaints. I mean, um, yeah, I just don't, you know, like I said, I can, I sit here and look at shelves of stuff, you know, and uh, I've had fun. I mean, really, that my, my goal really was always 
to do my own stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I My goal wasn't to get to DC or or Marvel. I got a chance to do some of that stuff with Eric, you know? I worked on, uh, on what, Nova and Aquaman and whatever, and, uh, and that was okay. But, yeah, that was a different work. And with the editors there, I was like, you know, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not doing what I want to do. So, um, that, that's where that's been my ball and chain, I suppose, is I, I want to have fun doing it. I don't want it to turn into the job, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. That is yeah. abs. I 100% agree that that is, that is a fantastic goal in comics. Cause I know so many people again that like, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to get big and then I'm going to go draw Spider-Man. And I'm like, yeah, and like you're if you're lucky, like 20 people remember what you did on Spider-Man. Like if you make your own thing, you're going to have fun. You're going to have a thing that you own forever and it'll be associated with you. It'll be your Hellboy. It'll be your Madman, your Savage Dragon, you know? That's it, yeah, if you can pull it off. So, Very cool. So with that, I want to wrap it up, but I do want to do one quick little game that we like to do on on our interview podcast called Seven Questions. And usually they're Savage Dragon related. I've I've made these more of a Ninja Turtle kind of Big Bang related. Uh, if you'd like to just play, they're real quick questions sure. and uh, whatever comes to the top of your your head. You ready? All righty. All right. Question one: Your favorite turtle. Oh, Mike. <laughs> the only one that you didn't mutilate? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's probably, I mean, he, to me, he seemed like, uh, I treated him like the normal guy. I mean, he was writing and almost had one foot out the door to a real life if he wasn't a mutant turtle, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He got along well with, with Shadow and, uh, and you know, that that sort of stuff. So, yeah, probably him. Okay. How about uh this is a multiple choice though. Your favorite turtle mutilation. A Robo Donnie, B uh Scarred Ralph, C Severed Hand Leo or D Bat Splinter. <laughs> Probably Robo Donnie. <laughs> the most uh divisive character I think yeah. of. Uh... <laughs> you no, know, there was just a lot of stuff going on there and over the issues and um, Robo Donnie just makes sense. I mean, he's the technology guy. Uh, that, was, yeah. that was my thinking on it, you know. Is, <laughs> well, Donatello does machines, you know. Yep. <laughs> yep. We really play that up, but I was like, okay, he becomes a machine, you know. So yeah, I gotta tell you though, uh, the scarred Ralph with the hockey mask leading the Foot Clan is one of the coolest Ninja Turtle things ever. I like that. I mean, I'm <laughs> not sure where it is. I'd, uh, I should just shut up, you know. So, it's only the other nine in my brain, and so I don't know. <laughs> I didn't uh, check. The books came in the mail the other day, but I didn't even look at them this time. So, not yet. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We'll move on to the next one. This is a little bit silly, but Galahad, the White Knight, or the Night Watchman? <laughs> It's funny. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Chris Ecker is the Night Watchman, and I'm Galahad. So, <laughs> so you're gonna go with Galahad? <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Galahad. Yeah, I kind of forced Galahad on on Chris, and 
and I have a lot easier time writing that than I was again talking today and saying, you know, it's it. it I go in to write a Night Watchman story, and it's it's not like I'm writing a Batman story so much now. It's trying to write a Chris Ecker <laughs> Batman story, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many twists for my brain. So it's like, okay, Galahad was my character and uh and I get it. You know, Robin was my favorite. Uh, I you know, with the Batman T V show with Burt Ward and Yep. And Teen Titans and all that stuff. So Robin was always my my favorite. So yeah, I'd have to say Galahad all the way. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, but cool. And that's just, um, just my own personal favorite. Yep, yep. Know that I like him better or that he's a better character or anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Uh question four. Uh black and white or color? Oh, I I love color. I'd rather see it all in color, so cool. All right, number five. Uh, if you had to pick one, what's your favorite Big Bang issue or story? You know, my favorite issues are the two histories, twenty four and twenty seven. Yeah, yep, yep. And that's and I think that's one of Chris's. My partner, Chris, uh, you know, Big Bang partner. Yep. It's so weird to say in partner people like, <laughs> nowadays. You don't know. <laughs> no, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that those worked out nicely again. I mean, homage in its own way to Jim Steranko's histories, and and uh, we twisted history in, in so many ways in there that, that those are fun. As far as individual issues of Big Bang, um, you know, I re- the Big Bang Presents, after we left Image, the first issue was... Uh, an homage to the spirit, um, and that one I just loved the way it turned out. Um, Ooh, I don't have that one. Is that is that for sale online? I'm sure it is. I'm uh, sure I'm gonna have to pick that up. Then, if that's one of your favorite, I need to read it. So that's one. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of other ones that. Cool. Ron, I'll sit there and smack. Yeah, it's it's head. a tough question. There's just there's a lot of stuff to think about there. You know, I mean, so much of the stuff. I mean, if if Jeff Weigel drew it, um, I I love Jeff Weigel's stuff. Um, same with with Bill Fugit, though. You know, I mean, I I love Bill's work. So. Yep. 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 So, uh, growing up, Marvel or DC? DC. Wow, that was that was pretty. Uh, <laughs> no hesitation on there. No, all you got to do is look at Big Bang. I mean, yeah, I, that's true. I, you you didn't know, mention I was it. born in '57, and I didn't. Well, it was all it was DC all the way, really, till about '70 for me, and then I, I was strictly a DC guy. Um, I lived in Sterling, Illinois, and there was a used bookstore, and I went there. They did have some used comics, and I picked up uh, Avengers number four and one or two other Avengers. And Avengers was the, really the only Marvel book I was a steady reader of. Wow. Yeah, through about seventy. So Wait, it was I either had... kind of the Fantastic Four. Those were the issues at the used place, and I was like, ah, I went with the Avengers, and that was still pretty much my call, you know. So, who who is your favorite character at DC? A DC? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Was there, like, one book that you were really, like, super into, or... 
Teen Titans, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. There we go. There that's, you go. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> I love the Legion. Yeah, I, I actually moonlighted on a Legion podcast, and I've been getting all the uh, the Pantheon of Heroes issues together oh. for a big retrospective. Oh, nice! Yeah, Karate Kid and the Karate Kid was out my favorite, the original in Val Armor. Oh yeah, he's underrated because he's he's Karate Kid. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> he, he can he can go toe to toe Superboy. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. This is a bit silly, but Hordis or Lurch the female turtle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> no, I, I really I enjoyed using Hordis. Um, you know, as the romantical <laughs> hook up there with with Mikey or or, or whomever, you know, whenever. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, I, I like Lurch the character, but uh, no Hordis. That was that was <laughs> fun doing that stuff, and um, <laughs> That's a, just, that was a fun uh, relationship. Just because it kind of lasted. I mean, it's re- yeah, Eric, Eric brought it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, it was very tame, but it, you know, they were like fourteen-year-old kids, pretty much. You know, first time for the both of them, and. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed writing that stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, no, we we uh, we love that over here. We talk about that when it comes up, and it's a cool dynamic. Like you said, like they're it's really kind of innocent, and they're just kind of the dopey kids. But uh, it, it was cool that that you guys touched on that. Yeah, I thought that. And then Rapture'd come in and <laughs> out of the house and stuff. Zap him or something. Zap Mikey, <laughs> chase him out of the house. We were laughing about that, like. <laughs> Their house has got like bullet holes in it because you know <laughs> Freak Force wasn't really pulling in the money. Yep. <laughs> so so, yeah, uh, so I, I'd have to say Hortus. <laughs> great. Well, thanks for playing along with that. I know it was kind of yeah. silly, but uh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Unless you guys had some more questions, um, I mean, we've uh, pretty much hit on a lot of it. We've got halfway through pretty much the Urban Legends Ninja Turtles series. Uh, We've got uh, still have another half of the series to go. Yeah, um, we'll be loving up. every issue. He's yeah, saying. it's oh. been fun. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Like I said, I mean, way back, you know, it just it wasn't popular. So it, yeah, and it, it's just turned I, into a cult favorite. Yeah, even some of my friends. I mean, I mean, when I took on the job, I'd say I'm writing the turtles, and people would be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> how low have you fallen i was like no this is great and they're like yeah oh, sure it is and then well, some, i mean i sent copies of the books out to my friends and they're like oh thanks you know and well one of them a couple years later said oh, i read them and they were fun <laughs> yeah they, they really are fun and i think they got to a point where they're so hard to find and they their value was so high because they're so rare and people want to read the issues, so it's really great that IDW is reprinting these in an affordable format. To it is, you know, it is. I, yeah, I know Frank in goes to shows, and but I, I probably still got half a box of them here. So yeah, anybody who needs them, let me know. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and also the thing I love is that they didn't just come out with a, a trade, and, and they're coming out single issue by issue, which makes it really fun. 
Well, that's what I great. think. The trade will be coming, I guess. So, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely. But just the fact that we're getting them on a month by month issue, it feels like a brand new comic, and I think that's the best way to read them. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then, like I said, hope people enjoy them. You know, and uh, people are maybe giving them a chance now to where. <laughs> Just going to the shows back in the old days, it was very strange. So, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, well, thanks again for coming yeah, on. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We had a lot of fun, learned a lot of cool stuff. Um, I know I'll be hopping back on the Big Bang website to to pick up some of those issues that we talked about. Same. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, you can always just email me if you want and and check what I've got. I mean the the website's pretty good. Sometimes you go in and you try to click on an issue, and if it's not there, it just won't put one in your cart. But okay. stuck with me, and some of them aren't listed because I only had, you know, ten copies or something, and I didn't want fifty people ordering them. You know, <laughs> right? Oh well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you. Take it easy. Thanks again for having me. Hope I didn't repeat too much stuff from six from six years ago. It's fine. Even <laughs> if you did, I, we didn't. We made it a purpose not to talk much with uh, about Vanguard and and stuff like that, which we went over a lot last time. So uh, this was great. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for Thank being you. on. Take All care. Right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> It's always great to have such cool creators just come on the show and just talk about whatever, especially their like their their creative endeavors. It's just it's it's always so so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a real pleasure to talk to somebody with just such a legacy, such a history, you know, uh, really venerable, honestly, like a career that has touched a lot of careers. Yeah, I mean being kind of labeled the, the grandfather of Image Comics and, and seeing a 15-year-old Rob Liefeld and a young Eric Larson where they started and, and seeing, you know, the whole journey. It's pretty cool. And I like the fact that, you know, he took a chance on Eric and gave, you know, Eric work and then Eric kind of paid it back years later, which is pretty cool because Eric's put uh, Gary on a bunch of stuff, you know, as, as we've heard. And I think there's some beautiful symmetry there in another way, because you think about it like, um, you know, Gary went on to give a ton of talent uh, opportunity that they did not have. And they went on to impact and influence things in many ways. And Savage Dragon is the exact same way. You you see talent on that book that goes on to do other things like, yep. you know, it's very much the same thing. So it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. There's been so many guys that have worked on Savage Dragon offshoot books or backups that have uh, gone on to to good pro work. Well, think of it like this. All right, so if we're back to future in this whole thing, like if Gary was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a political cartoonist. And he never did like any kind of like Megaton or any of that. It's very likely there'd never be an image. You know, and then you go on and you look like, okay. Or would look like something completely different, maybe. Yeah, the landscape would be completely different. You you go on like, you know, if if Eric had never been given an opportunity by Gary, you know, there'd very likely not be a walking dead. 
And again, these are just like some of the high image walking dead, like some of the highest profile things to happen in North American comics. And so yeah. it's un, you can't downplay like just even to play a part, any part in that. It's just insane. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool to think about. I mean, I have no doubt Eric would have found other avenues and stuff like that, but it might have not looked the same, you know, and definitely gave him, you know, an opportunity to showcase his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just again, though, like, think about that time frame. Like, it's such a different world from like what we live in now. Like, you know, where we have Kickstarter and web comics and, you know, just send me the files. I'm sure things get lost in the mail and just took forever to contact or I I can't imagine what it was like trying to public, like self-publish an anthology comic back in the day with the way people like miss deadlines and there's no internet to just send crap over. You heard like he was talking about faxes like yeah, (laughs) it's nuts. Yeah, it was a completely different world. Like I can tell you as somebody who wanted to create comics in a pre-internet era, uh, it just seemed impossible. Like (laughs) it it literally seemed because it was like if you didn't want to if your goal wasn't to work at Marvel or DC, like what was your goal? Like, what were you going to try and accomplish? Like, who was going to publish your work? There was no image. So, yeah, it's nuts. Yep. Cool. So, uh, our next episode should be... Which issue of Savage Dragon now? Oh, I just had it up. Started looking at lobster pizza, didn't you? Um, it should be Savage Dragon, issue 245. Ooh. We're getting close to the, the big anniversary. <laughs> that appears to currently have a published date of July 10th, so we'll see. We'll see. What, 250? No, 245. 245. Oh, okay, July 10th. I'm seeing on the Image website, July 17th. Ooh, maybe it got pushed. Maybe. So we got a bit. We still got a bit. So hopefully this uh, this episode kind of holds you guys over, and we'll see you back in maybe the end of July. Well, yeah. hopefully. Well, yeah, well, maybe before. Yeah. Maybe well, before we'll be middle July. July yeah, yeah. Enjoy your fireworks and hot dogs, guys. Yep. All right. Well, peace out. Thanks for listening. Adios. Stop recording. Not recording.